Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. It's Notes from America. I'm Kai Wright. At the end of 1955, Little Richard put out a record that fully changed the world. Tootie Fruity was the first in a string of massive hits that launched Little Richard into global stardom and that launched rock and roll into pop culture. The Beatles, Elvis, the Rolling Stones, David Bowie, just a long list of artists have openly acknowledged that Little Richard, he gave them the template for both their music and their style. And more than that, he wrote a whole new set of rules for what it meant to be free for a generation of Americans. His own freedom, however, that is a much more complicated story. In a new documentary, filmmaker Lisa Cortez tells that story. The film is called Little Richard, I Am Everything. And it follows Richard Wayne Penniman's wrestling match with both the joy and the pain of his unique, trailblazing life as a Black, queer, rock and roll star. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Kai. I'm excited to be in conversation with you. So what made you want to tell Little Richard's story? Why'd you make this film? When I started several years ago, I was intrigued that the story had not been told. And I knew that there was great richness. But it's especially important right now. You know, Black and queer history is under attack. Mm. And if they're passing laws against the teaching of our history, criminalizing drag performers, this has to provide a counterpoint to a narrative that is trying to erase those parts of our culture. And um, it's very timely right now. Well, I have to say that this film was very difficult for me to watch um, as a Black queer man of a certain age. Richard Wayne Pennyman's struggle um, with when to love himself and when to hate himself was just really uh, resonant um, and I think legible to a lot of people. And I guess I want to start with one of the the musicologists you speak to says, they say he was very, very good at liberating other people. He was not good at liberating himself. Yeah, it, um, that's Dr. Jason King. And this idea of someone who gave us so much And what this film looks at is Richard's contribution, not just to music, to style and fashion, but also to challenging so many norms, um, is pretty major, right? Mm -hmm. That's someone who is shifting the energy. He's shifting culture. And that he cannot be a recipient of that brings great poignancy to the story. You know, when I in telling this um the journey of Richard Wayne Penniman, 
it could have been very easy to lean into, hey, geography. Mm. Isn't he great? He did this. He did that. But I think what's especially great is how in light of all of this, he was beautifully human. He lived in between his contradictions. And I believe that magic comes from the complexity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so much of the magic that little Richard gave us. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that he contributed to the culture. And let's go all the way back to his childhood. Um, I thought I knew about his story, to be honest, before I saw this documentary. There's so much that I did not know. Um, his father is a deacon, a moonshiner, and a club owner all at once. Talk <laughs> um, about contradictions, right, Kai? <laughs> he started out living in contradictions. He started out living in contradictions. And Richard is... You know, a femme black boy in 1930s South um, who loves to perform in church. Can just introduce us to the young man who would become Little Richard. Well, I think Little Richard and his community very quickly established that he was other than. You know, there's there's a story that's not in the film that I speaks to his unique approach to life, which is he used to defecate in boxes. Wrap them up as gifts. Excuse me. Leave them for his yes. Leave them for his neighbors and take delight in watching when they opened up the box <laughs> and saw what? that he gave them. Yeah. So he very early on is showing out in a very special way. Oof. Okay, so Little Richard <laughs> is a big personality from the beginning, and almost punk when you describe that. You know, we talk about him as rock and roll, but almost punk rock. Oh um, yeah, I think he's. I think he's very punk. Uh, you know, he is. He's rebellious. He is anarchic, and to me, those are like the mm -hmm. best things about great punk. His first time performing on stage is with Sister Rosetta Tharp, the godmother of rock and roll. One of the musicologists in your film explains sort of her style in a way that was like the first time I really got it, that like you drum on the guitar until the spirit comes down. And when the spirit comes down, that's rock and roll. Didn't it rain, children? Rain, oh yes. Uh, who is Sister Rosetta Tharp? And who is she to the boy who would become Little Richard? Well, she's the mother of rock and roll. Let's start there. Let's get this origin story right. She's the one who is coming from gospel. She's electrifying the guitar and, you know, bringing this, the ecstatic to the performance. She is, um, she's queer. She meets Richard in Macon, hearing him sing outside the Macon auditorium and invites him to sing on stage with her when Richard is a teenager. And he's actually outside selling Coca-Colas outside the theater. So she's someone who sees his talent, who provides, I believe, a portal for him to see himself as bigger than the confines of Macon. Mm. She provides a portal to possibility and plants a seed for young Richard that he could be a star. 
Another chapter that then opens for Richard after he is kicked out of his home for being queer is he's taken in by the people who own, as the Macon historian has called, a queer bar called Anne's TikTok. And it is at Anne's TikTok where I think he is first introduced to this idea of, of a chosen family who do not uh, censor him for who he is and provide shelter and nourishment. You know, he works at Anne's TikTok and then he goes on the road as a performer on the Chitlin circuit who you know, adopts a drag persona that he performs as, Princess Lavone. But, you know, this black, queer, drag, ball scene doesn't just start with Richard. You know, there are documented stories of this happening in Washington, D.C. in the 1800s. So, you know, when we have politicians now railing against, you know, drag performers, uh, you know, I question them to why do they have to negate an important part of our history that has been there for a long time. Yeah. And that an important part of our history that's been there for a long time and that in it, and this is what I'm learning from your documentary, that in it are the roots of rock and roll itself. Well, yeah, because it's not just Sister Rosetta. It's artists like, you know, Escarita, Billy Wright, who are out, they are openly gay in this period, who meet and mentor Richard, who encourage him. And they help him to enhance his piano playing skills, but they also provide ideas of what is possible in terms of of presentation and being bold and innovative. Such as with his song, Tutti Frutti. When he first performed this for record executives, the sound just blew their minds. And so did the original lyrics. Because y'all, this is a song explicitly about anal sex. It wasn't originally Tutti Frutti, Oh, Rudy, it was Tutti Frutti, Good Booty. Well, the second line, Tutti Frutti, Good Booty, if it don't fit, don't force it. <laughs> you can grease it, make it easy. I mean, you know, the original went all the way. They went all the way. Um, and Richard had a, an incredible A&R person, Bumps Blackwell, who saw that he had a very special artist, but he knew the business well enough to know that this had the possibility to be on radio, not just to be on the underground, and the lyrics would have to be changed. Coming up, that's not the last thing that would be changed about Tutti Frutti. Stay with us. WNYC Studios is supported by Wondery's new podcast, Black History for Real. Introducing you to the most overlooked black history makers you should already know about. Historical tea is the hottest and it pours the best. Hosted by Francesca Ramsey and Conscious Lee. Follow Black History for Real on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen everywhere on 2.5 or you can listen early and ad free on Wondery Plus starting 129. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 
What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. So Tutti Frutti catapults Little Richard to international success, this and all of the hits that come follow in, in, in really close succession, particularly among young white consumers. What about him are they drawn to in that time? Um, you know, I think Richard is he, he's shifting the energy. He's shifting the energy of culture. There's rebellion in the music. And, you know, all of this is coinciding with the growth of a phenomena of the 1950s, which is the teenager. We didn't have teenagers before. They are a post-World War II construct. And what do you mean by that? What is, what is this new construct? And why does Little Richard's sound and style connect so well with that new idea of a teenage life? Well, we have to look at kind of like in the, in the big sweep of history where kids are, are working at the age of eight in workhouses. You know, there, there are no laws that are protecting young people. And after World War II, there's so many shifts that happen. The 1950s come. It's post World War II. People are particularly you know, who have served in the war are coming back with an expanded notion of upward mobility. And the teenage construct is introducing. That's why I love the film Hairspray by John Waters. Are you crazy? You gotta dance with your partner. I gotta dance with mine. You know, we see the teenagers and they're black and they're white and rock and roll brings them together and it's forbidden, you know, the relationships that come up. And with Richard, he is this young black artist who is showing both black and white teens who feel this sense of exuberance and release and relatability in this music. It is not safe like Fats Domino and Blueberry Hill. So it's it's like a perfect storm how their passions meet his sound and the inherent energy of his material. But the overtly sexual, Black, genderqueer stage presence of Little Richard was also not safe in the eyes of the gatekeepers of American popular culture. And so they began to literally whitewash the sound he'd created. Both Elvis Presley and Pat Boone sold more copies of their covers of Tutti Frutti than Little Richard ever did. It was the first step in minimizing his role in the invention of rock and roll, an erasure that tortured him through the rest of his life. But what comes through so painfully clear in Lisa's documentary is that Richard is also struggling to see and love himself. After just roughly two years atop the charts, he withdraws from commercial music, disavows the sex in his songs, and pursues a life of devout Christianity. 
Through the rest of his life, he goes back and forth between these spaces, between being a queer rock and roll star and being an evangelist who eventually denounces his own homosexuality and the lives of LGBT people generally. He thrashes around in this duality right through his death. Um, He was such a tortured person. He had so many iterations of himself. Um, I mean, how did you even begin to pull apart these, frankly, multiple personalities to, to think about them? Well, what's, what's great is that Richard was, he talked about it openly. Now, certainly he didn't talk about being queer in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. You know, he, in the 80s, says, oh, I was gay. I was one of the first out people. But I was very lucky to be introduced to Sir Lady Java, who's a, a great LGBTQI activist who met Richard when they were very young and can speak to that part of Richard's story that, you know, he did not declare at the time. I think the biggest, my, you know, my takeaway is, is don't let somebody else define who you are. You know, I believe in that power of, of agency and, and holding space and grace for all that you are and understanding that there are, we contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of, um, again, one of the musicologists in the film says, you know, when they're struggling with like, oh, what do we take away from Richard's story? Um, one of them says, just don't shrink. And for some, I imagine it's hard to think of someone like little Richard with his famous confidence taking up so much space as someone who also shrank himself. Well, I think by not embracing all that he was, you know, that diminishes in many ways the power of his platform and what he could present. You know, I, I think his, he's also a tremendous story about self-invention and, you know, having a dream to power himself literally into the world and into the world in a very unique way. So that's, you know, I, I find joy in that. Hmm. I, I find joy in things that maybe ultimately he couldn't, but that's his gift to us. It's a gift of possibility. It's that gift that Billy Porter speaks about, that what Richard gave him allowed Billy Porter as a gay queer man to stand in his fullness beautifully and unapologetically. So sometimes we would want someone who gave us so much to have enjoyed all of the fruits. But if anything, I like to think that Richard planted, he, he spread the seeds for a really beautiful garden. Well, thank you for giving me that image. Um, I will try to lean into the joy of little Richard's history instead of just the pain of it. Um, it's a hard and beautiful story. Thank you. Lisa Cortez's new documentary, Little Richard, I Am Everything, is out April 21st. You can see it in theaters or stream it on HBO Max. Lisa, thanks for making this film and thanks for making this time. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Notes from America is a production of WNYC Studios. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on Instagram at Notes with Kai. 
Mixing and theme music by Jared Paul. Reporting, producing, and editing by Karen Frillman, Vanessa Handy, Regina Dehir, Rahima Nasa, Kushan Avadar, and Lindsay Foster-Thomas. Andre Robert Lee is our executive producer, and I am Kai Wright. Thanks for spending time with us. He's gone back where you belong.